Welcome to My Creative Classroom, an EdTech podcast that focuses on highlighting educational tools that can help teachers transform learning in or out of their classrooms. I interview industry experts to discuss the details of their products in order to help you make an informed decision on whether or not this product is right for you. As an educator with over a decade of experience both in and out of the classroom, I know that time and money are both precious. So I hope my conversations will help you in your creative journey through education. My name is Brian Willette and welcome to My Creative Classroom. Welcome back to My Creative Classroom for another amazing episode about transformational tools in education. Today, I'm excited to have with me Dan Meyer to discuss Desmos, a tool that focuses on helping every student learn math and love learning math. Dan, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So Dan, uh, I'm excited to talk Desmos. I used to use this tool as a teacher uh, when I was in the classroom. Um, It's an amazing tool, but before we dive into what it is and, and how it helps teachers, Let's talk a little bit about who you are and, and what you've done in education and what your role is at Desmos. Yeah, sure. I'll try to be as brief as possible about that because I love talking about kids and math and learning and tech and not about myself. But I was a classroom math teacher um, in high, uh, public high schools. And then I, I came up at a time when technology was really taking hold in classes in a new way with laptops and computer carts and digital projectors and all this was kind of like flooding into uh, classrooms. And I was seeing a lot of those computers used in ways that did not line up with what I knew to be effective math teaching, engaging math teaching. Um, saw a lot of people taking a lot of multiple choice tests online, getting told that they're right or wrong, that kind of thing. So I went to um, back to grad school and studied math education technology and then um, took all that learning, those experiences, and came to Desmos, which at the time was a graphing calculator, um, a free graphing calculator that it rivals and exceeds anything you've used, um, you know, with the kind of the plastic hardware jobs we all use as kids, a lot of us, um, and help them turn that into a, a full a unit for developing activities that, you know, actually like led the classroom flow itself, rather than kind of like living alongside of it as a tool for whatever students were doing in their curriculum, we are now building curriculum ourselves. That actually sounds like an amazing story of, of your origins. And even for the evolution a little bit of, of Desmos, of what it was, because you mentioned Desmos, its origin kind of was this uh, virtual cal- graphing calculator, which is what I started off with. So let's talk a little right, bit right. about what Desmos is and, and what it's evolved to be today. Yeah, Desmos is a group of people that um, really love students and love mathematics. And um, I think everyone would say that, you know, no one's gonna say like, actually, I, I dislike students, I dislike mathematics in this game. Um, I, I would say that those convictions are really deeply held and we are continually working on what that means for us and our work, um, what that means in a society as we understand it better, like which students are often feel unloved uh, in math class by the, the tools uh, that are used there. So um, we started out with a lot of love for math and um, there's a graphing calculator that has among its many features a lot of dynamicism like you can um, specify a variable and drag that variable around and see the changes in the graph and it helps students understand mathematics in ways that have been really challenging with all previous technology 
And we got really strong signals that people like that stuff. I mean, for instance, Brian, you used it, which I can think of no higher praise, you know? So we said, okay, well, if, if Brian and people like Brian are using this thing and, and digging it and it's working for them, like what else could we do with our sense of technology and math and design and pedagogy? Is that it? Are we done? And so we wound up creating some um, activities that had a few very important com components to them. Um, one, they were creative in unusual ways where students were creating representations of thought that were not multiple choice or typing a number in, the sorts of things that, that we see a lot of in online math. They were you know, sketching things, typing responses, um, you know, dragging things around, using manipulatives, um, and, and moreover, these experiences were connected. They connected students together. So I would see my, my classmates' responses to a question alongside my own and learn from that. I would um, create uh, problems that my fellow students would also solve. It wasn't just the teacher asking questions. Um, and uh, so, so they were creative and connected and we, you know, piloted those. We took about a year for our first activity to develop it and pilot it. And the feedback was phenomenal. And so since then, we've been building more and more of them and asking ourselves, should we just build a curriculum? And so just yesterday um, at desmos.com slash curriculum, we released our curriculum. It's uh, all, all there available for preview. Some lessons are available to be um, used by teachers, um, but uh, it's, that's been a really exciting kind of next step for us is that curriculum. That is quite exciting. And it's an, ad an addition to an amazing product and service as it is uh, to add that curriculum. So when a teacher goes to the website, you mentioned desmos.com, what would they see? Like, what is Desmos? Is it an app that I have to download? Is it a software? So what is it that I, that I get when I try to access Desmos? Yeah, hey, it's challenge by choice, you know, just like step up and, uh, and go as far as you want with it. Like I, was, I would say like, first of all, make sure if you're a teacher that you download the free app, um, Android, iOS, whatever, um, download the Desmos graphing calculator, the scientific calculator, whatever you want to there, um, and have your students download it as well. Like we've seen during this, uh, you know, horrific time uh, of virtual teaching in this pandemic that, you know, the, the teachers would often have like a class set of hardware calculators in their room that they would like loan out during classwork time, but the kids are, are at home and so they can't use those. But what they can do is download this free graphing calculator, which again, I think, I think rivals and exceeds what, what exists in these uh, plastic calculators and they can use that for free. Um, so, so download that is one place. And then as you are interested in learning more, we are inviting you to take a fairly large leap and invite technology into your practice in a way that is very, very deeply embedded and a little bit unusual. That is not the sort of situation where you um, kind of give students a class code and step away and then return when they're done and evaluate their work, but rather you kind of strap into the, you know, the robot suit and like it, it surrounds you and doesn't make life necessarily easier for you, but makes you more powerful, certainly as a teacher, being able to see in these activities what students are doing and thinking and being able to um, select their responses for conversation with the class. Um, that's what that's the next step there is the activities. You'll see a button there for activities as well. That sounds absolutely amazing. So first of all, the app is free. That's step one, which is download the graph calculator or scientific calculator. It's free and, and no better time than now. Cause you made a great statement there, which is, you know, most classrooms would have a class set of these plastic calculators laying around. And then, you know, we, we have to go home and learn from home. How do I get access to this calculator? How do I do my work? Desmos that the, the app is free. You can use it and it's yours, right? It's sitting on your device. So that's amazing. Right. Right. And I mean, Brian, I just hope that, you know, whenever you bring someone onto your show like me, you know, saying this is free, 
know, you've been a teacher, you know, what like freeze risky. Like, I hope you, I hope you have a follow-up question coming up here about that, like real soon. Well, let's talk about it. Let's dive into it. So you're talking free. What's the risky business of your app being free? Do you got some ad pop-ups? It's good for three months or what is yes. it? Yes. Yes. You've got to ask that question of people, you know, cause you've been a teacher, you know, what happens like they're like, they, there have been more free apps that have gone out of business or changed their funding model or thrown ads, to teachers or sold data, you know, that like to sustain themselves. I think we got to be asking more often, like not just like, you know, have that happy ping when someone says free, but like say, so wait, how? And so I just want to say like how we sustain, have sustained the development of this free graphing calculator where other people charge, you know, upwards of a hundred bucks um, US, US for those graphing calculators. Um, we sustain that because we sell the right to publishers and assessment consortia to the ability to include our software in their platforms. So big publishers will have like a button on in their digital textbook that says open a calculator and they don't want to build their own. They talk to us. We sell them, you know, for a subscription fee, um, the ability to put that into their platform and we're able to offer it for free to teachers and students without ads, without any of that nonsense. And we make a very public commitment that um, we'll never charge for something that is currently free. Like we are very careful about that and have bet the company on that. So we want teachers to, to see us as a very reliable, very safe um, partner in their work and their students' education. And you just mentioned the partnership with with large companies, you know, or digital textbooks. And and we've actually had Edwin Ben Nelson on the show a few times and, and Desmos is integrated into their software for there those calculators. And And you know what a great, what a great way to just kind of fluidly move between platforms. If you're using Desmos already on your uh, device for free and then you get integrated into another platform and there it is, that's the reality. And let's, since we're diving into the nitty gritties, let's talk privacy. Do I have to log into Desmos? Do I have to create a username? What is, is there any privacy settings or any worries about security when I'm using this app or even going to the website? Yeah, I'll say that um, I, I speak less fluently to the privacy side of this than other folks at our company. I will say I, I was involved in all the conversations around privacy, especially as um, GDPR took off in, in the EU, which was a, a law that really like tightened a lot of people's attention on privacy. And we've, we have um, done a lot to know as little as possible about students and teachers who use our app. So I'll just say for one thing, you don't need an account to, um, to use Desmos, for instance. Um, you don't need an account as a student to log into a Desmos activity. Um, if you want to return to things that you've done, like if you want to create graphs and save them for later use to be to return to them, or if you want to return to your um, responses that you've made in a Desmos activity, we do need you to create a login or login with Google, or, um, or I think we have a couple other logins. Um, but we, again, we, we try to know only the bare minimum to connect you to your thinking so you can return to it later. And, and that's always a check mark for educators, right? Knowing I don't need to sign into this, I can use it. My students don't need to log in, then log out because there's going to be a next class that comes in to log in uh, to these devices. What what if, what an amazing feature uh, to have and, and kind of like takes that burden off the shoulders of the teacher as well um, to worry about having to remember all this login information and, and, and you know, delete it or whatever. You mentioned earlier too, uh, being able to kind of actively be engaged in the students learning through the activities. And I just wanted to dive in. How does that work? Is that, you know, the expectation is that the students are all using a device in the classroom and you're kind of looking over their shoulders as you walk around, or is it that you're able to see what they're doing live in a dashboard or something? 
Right. Well, what so many teachers have discovered, you know, during this pandemic and virtual teaching is they can't walk around the quote unquote classroom because the classroom is distributed across all these different homes. Right. And so what's um, nice about our platform is that it gives teachers for every activity activities on the student side go screen by screen and each screen has something interesting to think about and some way to respond to it, either typing or dragging or sketching or clicking something or indicating their thinking in some way. And on the teacher side, the teacher does not have to like walk around their device and see what they clicked. Or, or type or whatever, um, they, they see all that data stream in to a, a teacher dashboard. So the teacher has a screen by screen view of what students are thinking about and talking about. And um, there's all these very powerful tools within that dashboard. I mentioned earlier the ability for a teacher to snapshot. My favorite is snapshotting student responses. So we, we love uh, more than we love like students under uh, getting feedback that they're right or wrong, which tends to close down conversation. We love when teachers snapshot responses that are on the continuum from right to wrong, uh, from wrong to right, and say, look at these, these are so interesting. How are these the same? How are they different? So this dashboard has this like suite of tools that enable those kinds of conversations. Again, we make that free for teachers as well. Uh, like we have a, a whole bunch of activities that we've created usable for free. We have an activity builder where people have created loads of activities themselves that you can just pick up and use or copy and edit and modify, add screens or change things. And this is all funded for free because again, we have other kinds of models. Like right now we're selling this comprehensive core curriculum plus supports around it uh, that enable us to offer these kinds of tools for free uh, to teachers. It's a really exciting model for us. Wow. And we keep saying the word free and I'm hoping that the listeners can really dive into the fact that you keep saying free and it's not that it's free for three months. It's, you know, it's, it's really, it is free because of the way that you've built the organization and the way that the product is, right. is meant to serve educators. So I think that's fantastic. And, and one thing I'd like to do is dive into a little bit more about Desmos because we've said that it is, you know, a graphing calculator. You have the ability to do that. You have the ability to do activities. But I think it's more than just taking the plastic graphing calculator and digitizing it. Am I correct? Is there what what more can I do in this virtual world with the Desmos calculator? Yeah, I mean, if, with a calculator, the, the sky is uh, quite literally the limit here um, where you're able to yeah, create any any static representation becomes dynamic instantly with these sliders. Um, we've seen people, we, we held an art contest. Here's probably the best illustration of, of the power here. We held an art contest through our graphing calculator. So just imagine like an art contest with one of those like pixelated hardware, hardware jobs. It's hard to imagine, um, but we had people creating like 3D worlds uh, with camera motions. We had people creating photorealistic images, um, you know, ranging to like, you know, SpongeBob tracings, you know, but all that's possible within this graphing calculator, which accommodates, you know, thousands and thousands of equations, different kinds of stylings. Um, so that's, that's one way. And then I, I just, I honestly love it as a, um, a tool for provoking wonder. So like I'll type in things like, um, you know, y equals two X plus one. And like, that's a line with a slope of two and a y-intercept of one. And I can just ask students questions like, what if we changed, just like, what if? It's a what if machine. So like, what if we change the two to a negative two? What would that look like? Why? Why do you think that? Tell neighbor. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Um, and then to be able to verify what happens just by changing it right then and there um, and asking students to reflect on that and then try a new what if. And with, with the, the existing hardware, it's like you got to go to different menus and, um, you know, click around and then change the two. With this, you see the change right in front of you and you're making connections much faster. Those are a couple of ways. Uh, I, I, love, I love when think students are thinking mathematically and not technologically, 
with a lot of existing hardware, you've got to like, you know, remember is it, you press a second button and then, you know, like this button and that one and go to this sub menu and type that. And like when you're, when you're like in the moment trying to like reproduce that, if you forget it, you're just, you're lost. But uh, with, with, with our system, we really foreground math thinking. We try to make the technology as invisible as possible. I, what a huge statement, you know, and we talk about, you know, the, the what if engine, you know, like, and allowing them to create wonder and, and spark that curiosity in them. Because as you mentioned, you know, back in the day, and I, I'm, as you mentioned, having to hit the second bu button, the function button, I'm literally visualizing my graphing calculator yeah. in front of me going, what menu was that in again? Or how far down did I have to go? And then again, you know, if we don't have the calculator and be able to project it, we're drawing it up on the board and we're trying to draw the y-intercept and now we're saying, okay, yep. let's change it. Let me quickly erase this while I put the other yep. one up. So, oh, do you remember what the other one looked like? Um, and to your exact point, it happens right in front of you, right at the, at the switch of a, a number and allows you to see it, that visual representation in front of you on that device. And I love that you said the math is at the forefront and the technology is not this barrier or this, you know, you have to remember the steps in order for that to happen. What an amazing tool to integrate into the classroom. Yeah, technology interferes in a couple of ways. It, like it's costly in the case of like the hardware calculators. That's one way it interferes with the kids learning, but it also interferes when you've got to like spend time, attention, energy, ingenuity, learning to press buttons. Like that's time, attention, ingenuity should be spent thinking about mathematics. And so we're trying to get rid of both of those barriers to student learning. And, you know, I said a statement as we started the show, which is, you know, the tool focuses on helping every student learn math and love learning math. So that's that's a bold statement to come out of, you know, what would be this engine, this graphing calculator, you know, now you have activities and this curriculum, this love for learning math. Can you explain a little bit, some examples maybe even of teachers utilizing Desmos and implementing it so that students can engage in the mathematical learning and not, you know, be afraid of it? Yeah, for sure. Um, that, that mission statement, I just think it's really important to, to differentiate learning math and loving learning math. It's very possible. Lots of people have learned a lot of math and they hate it, or they you know have no interest in pursuing any math beyond um, their what they had to learn to get a degree or their job or whatever. And when they have you know students or kids of their own, they communicate to those kids like a, a lack of love for math, which is just, it's, just, it's sad. Um, it's really sad. So we split those goals out and we want to help with both of them. And for loving learning math, I think that here's the important part is, um, is we follow Dr. Danny Martin's work quite a bit, and um, he has he describes students, particularly black students, in his telling, um, as being brilliant. And that's a really challenging statement. Not that like some students are brilliant, but all students are brilliant. And I've come to understand that I think a little bit and believe it quite a lot. And how I understand that is that students come to school with so many interesting ideas about mathematics before they have learned any mathematics. I'm watching this in real time with kids who are not school-aged yet, and they know about number, they know about quantity, they know which of the two of the siblings has more of a thing. Like they have all kinds of interesting knowledge. And what oftentimes happens in schools, there's a couple paths, is that schools can um, celebrate, invite that, that early knowledge as rough and wooly as it is. They can invite that and say, so what do you know about this? And then they can celebrate it. That's awesome. And then develop it. Here's another way to think about that. Or what often happens and leads to a lack of love for math is students are invited to, required to, set all of that interesting, very personal knowledge to the side as they walk in the door. And here is like the, the curriculum, the standards, the lesson plan, all of which has been written by people who are not my age, who may look nothing like me. Um, and I'm being told I've got to be this thing. I'm not asked to be a better version of me. I'm asked to be a worse version of the person at the front of the room. 
So what we're trying to do is offer people um, experiences that they can, they can offer to students that support those students in understanding their own brilliance. Like just asking students like, hey, watch, the, watch this pattern grow. Watch, the, watch this pyramid of triangles grow. What if we, how do you see it growing? I'm gonna stop right here. Like what's the next one gonna look like, do you think? Tell a neighbor. Okay, when, when will this, after how long would the, the timer run and we would get to a million triangles? What do you think? And just asking questions like that, that like have answers that we all know are wrong, but are all interesting. That's it, I'll tell you this, separating out correctness from interestingness. Those, that's been a huge step for me as an educator, just to understand that correctness and incorrectness is only one way we should think about, about student thinking and not even the most useful way. Instead, how is this interesting? How does this reflect a student's brilliance? Uh, those are questions we're trying to help teachers uh, ask and answer. And I think that's huge, right? Keep it interesting. And you just said it there where you, where you walk into the classroom, it's how do I become a better version of myself? And, you know, being able to investigate and it becomes interesting. And I, you know, as I look through the website and I, I, I think I found a, a, a graph there and I, I think it's under your, your bio and it says uh, hammer time graph where you see, uh, you know, you're able to draw a character kind of dancing around along, along the X, Y axis. I think that's, even being able to do that, to be creative using the tool that is Desmos, right? Being able to create something and not say, well, here's a piece of graph paper. Now I need you to draw me a parabola or I need you to draw me this, right? And, and all of a sudden, now I'm that student in the class who says, what if, if I did this, right? right? What, and right. now I'm able to do that digitally without worrying about, oh, I've wasted so much pieces of graph paper to try to draw SpongeBob, for example. Yeah, uh, building on that, I would say a lot of, a lot of math time in, in math curricula, Questions are asked that have only one right answer and all the wrong answers are, there's lots of wrong answers and they're often, they often feel shameful and they're not interesting. Um, we're trying to ask questions that like don't have right or wrong answers or where like there's lots of ways to be right. And even the wrong answers are very, very interesting. Like recently I was watching students in our curriculum, they answered a question where uh, we told them um, that, what was it? We told them that like uh, one pound of one pound of blueberries costs $4. How many blueberries could you get for $1? And the second most common answer was zero. I don't know if that, that like tracked for folks as I, as I read it there, but this idea like this idea, like if one, if one pound costs $4, like you can't have any, if you have, like you, if you don't have, you know, that much, you, you can get, get, get none. Um, was just like that to me, like I want to cultivate in myself and in teachers we support the ability to say like, wow, that's, really, really smart and unexpected and not shameful and maybe not even wrong, um, depending on how we look at it. Those are the questions I'm excited about. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, and let's dive into that curriculum. We've mentioned it a few times and, and you mentioned that you just launched the curriculum on Desmos. So is that aligned to um, the United States curriculum? What, what, how is it created? Is it, um, what is it aligned to and how, how did you guys create it, I guess? Yeah, great question. So um, uh, as we were trying to build more and more activities, um, a group uh, named uh, Open Up Resources and Illustrative Mathematics in the, in the, U in the U.S. were funded to create an open source uh, mi middle school curriculum. They've since built out K-12. Um, and that curriculum was just available for uh, as an open resource for folks like us to pick up and build on. It's aligned to the Common Core State Standards. So for folks in Canada, it really depends on how, how much you're, you're interested in like doing your own alignment. Um, but it has, bar none, the most interesting experiences, I think, that are, are available currently uh, for students on computers, on paper. There's a lot of paper involved, too. We think a lot of math is best expressed in paper. Um, but the best experiences 
um, that's, that's currently available. I say that obviously with a lot of self-interest, but uh, if, if folks know me from you know a decade ago, I have made my name in this in this world of math ed by being very cr critical of the kinds of experiences that we found um, in paper curriculum, uh, the way that they they diminish student thinking and diminish mathematics. And I can just say like I, I have nothing bad to say about this. Like I have so so much criticism for so many things. I can't find things that are bad to say about this. I, I love it so much, um, and, the, and the team that built it, all of us, uh, worked so hard on it. So it's available to check out for, for free You can preview it. And if nothing else, just like have a look at like what math on computers could look like at desmos.com slash curriculum. Some really fun stuff there just to play around with. And that was going to be my follow-up question. Is it is it a PDF that I download or is this something that as I work through virtually that it, it basically builds in within the platform? Yeah, it's within the platform. Again, there are days that we think like uh, a lot of math work is best on paper and that variety is good too. Like students shouldn't be on computers all the time, but like, um, you know, so much of math is about scribbling in thoughtful ways and you can't scribble very easily on computers. So we have a lot of paper days, uh, but it's not a PDF. It's not static. We found so much value in creating experiences that are interactive. If we want students to express their brilliance, like I've described, we need to give them things to be brilliant about, questions that invite that brilliance. And we find that computers offer us just so many fascinating things to think about. So what it is, is like if a teacher is in our curriculum, they start the day by pressing um, assign lesson. And they, if they find a lesson they want to assign, they press assign lesson. And then they have this dashboard, this empty shell into which students will stream in and then offer really interesting thought that the teacher can then do lots of things with, one of which is, you know, perhaps to grade, like to offer, um, you know, put a number on it for a grade book for marks. Um, but even better than that is in the class itself to facilitate conversations, to share with students what's so brilliant about how they're thinking, to expose them to alternate points of view, um, AKA the hard work of teaching math. That's amazing. And we keep saying it, but I'm going to say it again. That's free. That's free for teachers to be able to go in and use. I got to clarify, the curriculum comes with some very uh, uh, intensive supports. So the, the curriculum has, um, has, for instance, a, a national coach is paired with students. It has all kinds of um, data outputs. So we have loads of activities that are available for free to teachers to use. The curriculum, this comprehensive thing, has some lessons available for free use. And those are those are indicated at desmos.com slash curriculum. But we're at this point saying like this, th this needs some really serious and interesting and useful supports for teachers to use effectively. So we're looking for um, groups of teachers. We think that teachers are learners as well and learn best, like math students learn best in groups. We're looking for groups of teachers to learn together um, and to be supported by sites and by a coach at Desmos, all of which does have a cost attached to it. But we're keeping it real cheap, as cheap as we can. Um, we'd love to get this out to more people. Okay, that's awesome. And you just said a word there, which is my segue. You said the word support. What kind of supports goes out to educators who are trying to use Desmos, even implement, you know, the, the graphing calculator app or whether they're trying to use activities? Do you guys offer professional learning? Do you offer, what kind of support do you offer to educators? Yeah, for sure. Great question. So um, just for anybody who wants to learn more about what we do, we have webinars that are coming up. We have webinars on, on the calculator on how to run activities. Um, check out learn desmos.com um, is one, D-E-S-M-O-S.com. Uh, for folks in the curriculum, it's been so fun to develop supports for uh, for a curriculum. I'll just mention, um, first of all, we have these fantastic coaches who are uh, always available to answer questions and who reach out with these uh, webinar offers. But what I'm enjoying right now is um, in my role at Desmos, kind of like thinking big picture about teacher support is we know what lesson teachers ran yesterday. We have that, we do have some data on teachers in our in our dashboards and that's one of them. And so what, I'd, what I've set up is a system where um, we email out to teachers a quote unquote lesson preview email that previews their next lesson and offers them some signposts um, that like say, hey, here's, here's an interesting 
thing that students have been thinking um, on this upcoming lesson, watch out for this and, and have a blast. And we're finding that that kind of targeted support not like a workshop at the start of the year, you know, a big thing, and then we're done, but rather this like daily ongoing teacher learning has been uh, really effective and really fun for teachers. And that's something too, right? This huge onboarding, and then you you kind of forget some of it as you go along, but it's nice, you know, that daily check-in or weekly check-in is something that is helpful for teachers. So you're not overwhelmed at the start of this, trying to build that in. And, and we keep talking about, you know, there's so many layers as we as we're talking that I didn't even know existed within the Desmos ecosystem. And it's amazing to hear, you know, for teachers, educators, district schools, whomever is listening, if you want to just start off, if you want to dabble, just start with that downloading the app, you know, utilizing that graphing calculator, even the scientific calculator, like you mentioned, Dan, you know, that starting point, don't feel overwhelmed with saying, oh, there's so much here. I can't, I can't do it all. But, you know, it sounds exciting. Like it sounds like if, if you're ready to dive into some amazing math tools, I think what you're saying there is absolutely key for teachers trying to make, you know, make math fun, you know, engage the students and let them shine, you know, in their interests. So, uh, Dan, I'm at a point in the show now I like to call the specialist top five. Um, and in this question, I'd like to ask you, what are the top five ways that you feel Desmos can help teachers transform learning in or out of the classroom? Yeah, yeah, I love to think about that. I, I think I might go. I might. I might go for five. We'll see how far I go here. With this one, I want to like go r real deep on a couple though. Um, so I'll say. I'll say number one. I think that like our work can help students understand math is power and not punishment. A lot of times, math students like here, like today, we're going to learn about X, Y, or Z. And the thought might cross their mind, like, why? Is that just something that we invented to make my life miserable, uh, to give me a mark, uh, or to give this teacher a job? Like, why did we invent mathematics? And our team has um, been really careful in our free activities and our curriculum to ask ourselves, why did we invent this math? And then to offer, put students in a place to experience that need. I'll give you one example. Um, scale drawings, for instance, a lot of times, like we jump straight to like draw um, a scaled up version of this shape, really precisely and like you know the precision can feel like punishment so what we do instead is we invite students to create a scale drawing without a grid and they experience first like how difficult that is like the, the lack of a grid means you're freehanding and that's tough and we show them like what the actual scale drawing would look like and they can compare the differences maybe they were close but it was definitely hard and then on the next screen we give them the grid and what might have felt if they had had the grid initially, what might have felt like punishment, like, wow, this grid is like a, a, a coffin for my thinking. It's like a straitjacket. Um, what, it feels like power to them. Like, oh, grids. I get it. I get why we're on grids so often. Anyway, that kind of experience that math is purposeful and power, not punishment, is one thing that we offer. I also want to say like uh, our work can help students understand their own power, not just math power, but like we talked about their own brilliance, their own powerful thinking that are, we ask questions that aren't graded right or wrong. During this time of COVID, we had a big request from a lot of teachers who cared a lot about students saying, I need to have more auto grading. I need, um, I need students to know if their thinking is right or wrong here. And we've been somewhat unwilling partners in that work because we know that when a student sees I'm right, they move on and stop thinking about it. And when they see they're wrong, that doesn't really do justice to how much of their thought was right. And so what we're trying to do is um, put, put teachers in a place, give them interesting things to offer students to think about that bring out the best of students interesting thinking and then um, give teachers uh, powers for working with that to help students realize like wow 
Like the stuff that you think about is really smart. And here's some other ways to think too, if you wanna think about that. Um, and I would also say that uh, just like one, one last one here and then I will call it there is, uh, is that our work can make you powerful as a teacher. Um, that we are not trying to do your job for you. I think we have a, a really sober and clear idea about what we can do and what we cannot do. And what we can do is build a curriculum with a team of 40, you know, and make experiences that no teacher has the time to make in their prep period. Like we just have technology and, and a team of designers and illustrators. Like it's not no disrespect to say like, you just can't do this. We can do this. We can offer that for you. And we know that what we can't do is to see what your students are thinking, make connections to say, ah, I see how this idea right here, while not yet correct, is certainly on the path to correctness and that should be celebrated and developed. Or I see how these two thoughts here, how they connect to each other. They're the exact same, but this very different phrasing of the idea. I'll put them both in front of my class and ask students to compare them and we'll all learn. You can host conversations we can't host, but we can make tools that support you in doing that. So we think that a lot of curriculum does not make room for students to be brilliant and a lot of math ed tech does not make room for teachers to be as skillful as they are. And we're trying to make, make that room for both and support that work. What an amazing, you know, top whatever, I lost count, but I think it's what an amazing tool and implementation service for educators looking to engage students in the math. And you've said it a bunch of times here where it's not a punishment. You know, there, there should be power in here and it should be purposeful. Um, and I forgot to ask earlier on, I mean, I'm assuming this app, uh, the app of Desmos as well as the online version tools are available around the world or is it um, limited? Yeah, it's a, it's a anywhere you can type a web address into a website, um, you can you can download or access our tools, and we do have worldwide usage. Awesome, and and is it available in different languages? Yes, we've translated. I wish I had exact stats here. We've translated uh, the the calculator app um, into dozens of languages. I, I don't have them in front of me. I'm quite sure that uh, that French Canadian is 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 one of them, um, and there's uh, a lot of others as well. Awesome. And that's sometimes a, gr a great question because, you know, be being in Canada here in New Brunswick, we are bilingual and that's obviously an important part as we introduce uh, edu uh, tools into our classrooms is that ability to have a variety of languages as well as our newcomers. You know, having uh, different languages is very important um, as well. And Dan, you and I have covered a lot during our conversation here today, and, and hopefully our listeners have gotten a, a glimpse of what Desmos can offer math education in or out of their classroom. But before we take off, is there anything that you'd like our listeners to know that we may have missed during our conversation? No, this has been a really fantastic time. I love being, I love talking math on a podcast with creative in the name. You know, math is a kind of a discipline that often seems like it's not meant to be creative. Like we're creative in the humanities and other disciplines, but not mathematics. You save it. And, uh, you know, I, I think we've, we, you and I in this conversation have pretty forcefully rebutted the idea that math is uncreative. It's very creative and we can uh, support teachers in making it so for students. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. You know, math can be creative. It's purposeful and there is power in there and allowing students to shine through their interests and, and providing them their brilliance. I think it's huge. And you've nailed it all throughout our conversation here today. So once again, Dan, I thank you so much for joining me on the podcast here today and taking the time out of your day to talk math and talk about how Desmos can help teachers transform their classroom in or out of a physical room. So once again, thank you so much for joining me on My Creative Classroom. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have for today's episode. I, I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dan Meyer uh, from Desmos as we talked everything math 
and implementing this amazing math tool into your classroom to help make math purposeful and powerful and not a punishment. I think that's huge. A statement that was made over and over again in the podcast today. And I hope you realize that, you know, Desmos is more than just this virtual graphing calculator or scientific calculator. They do offer activities on their website that you can use in the classroom or while the students are at home. So I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dan and don't forget to check out their website, desmos.com as well as follow them on Twitter at Desmos. As always, follow us on Twitter at MyCreativePod and don't forget to subscribe to us on whatever streaming platform you're listening to us on right now to get notified of when a new episode comes out. As always, let's make learning creative. My name is Brian Willette and this was My Creative Classroom.